When Diego Luna saw Rogue One for the first time, he was utterly disappointed. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was the first standalone Star Wars film of the Disney era. Premiering during the holiday season of 2016, it told the story of a small band of rebels tasked with finding and transmitting the secret schematics to the evil Empire's superweapon, the Death Star. The plans would identify the sole weakness in the planet-sized, planet-destroying space station, giving the Rebellion the upper hand and the chance to rid the Empire of its iron grip over the galaxy. The Rebels' mission turned out to be a one-way journey, and every member of that squad sacrificed their lives to deliver the Death Star plans. And their sacrifice was not in vain— For in completing their task, they brought hope to the Rebellion and set off a chain of events that would lead to another band of rebels, led by a Jedi Master, to rescue a princess, evade Darth Vader, and ultimately blow up the Death Star. And the rebel cell in Rogue One consisted of Jyn Erso, the daughter of the Death Star's architect, the former Imperial droid K2SO, Chirrut Imwe, a blind warrior who was able to see the Force more clearly than anyone, his friend and Jedi Temple protector Baze Malbus, the Imperial pilot-turned-hero Bodhi Rook, and their mission's leader, a rebellion operative, Cassian Andor. Diego Luna played Andor in Rogue One, and as he recounted, when he saw the film for the first time, he was disappointed at its ending. But it wasn't because of the film— Luna clarified his feelings, saying, My son said, But that's it, Dad, right? That's it. And I go, Well, yes, that's the thing about this film. Even though I knew and I understood, I think that's the moment where I really got it. I really realized that a character I loved and a universe I couldn't care more about was done. But the tone of our film, it pays honor to, I believe, the best times of this universe. And obviously, I say the best because it's when I was open and ready to receive that. Those Star Wars films left a very deep mark on me, as the audience, and as a filmmaker. Luna and his son, like all of us, had to make their peace with the fact that these characters we had gotten to know over the course of the two-hour film in 2016 were never coming back. The end of the film signified the true end to their stories. And for Luna, who had come to love and to connect with Cassian through playing him on screen, it was a bittersweet finality that tore at his heart. But as our beloved Jedi Master Luke Skywalker once said, No No one's one's ever ever really really gone. gone. This is the next chapter of Cassian Andor's story, told as a prequel to Rogue One. This is the opportunity for Diego Luna to grab his blaster, don the rebel uniform, and return to play the character he so dearly loves. This is the history of the new Andor series, how it was created, and how it became a new hope for Star Wars stories on the small screen. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production.
Coruscant to Tatooine, and every planet in between. Star Wars, prototypes and production, with your host, David Quinn. It's a trap! Yes, master. On November 8, 2018, the Walt Disney Company announced the name of its new and upcoming streaming service, Disney Plus. But the press release was also packaged with another reveal that caught the attention of Star Wars fans, eager for the next story from that galaxy far, far away. In addition to the previously publicized series The Mandalorian, the second small-screen offering from Disney and Lucasfilm in development would feature Cassian Andor and would focus on his role in the Rebellion prior to Rogue One. The press release described the series as a rousing spy thriller that will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. The announcement also mentioned that Diego Luna would be returning to the role of Cassian. Luna was quoted in the release, saying, Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me. I have so many memories of the great work we did together and the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us the chance to explore this character more deeply. And a week later, when he was asked about when he would be filming the new series, Luna said, I know as much as you know. Referring to the press release, he added, That thing they sent to the press? I got that the day before. And like the Star Wars films and shows over the past decade, the new Cassian Andor series would follow a very similar trajectory. The initial plans for it in November of 2018 would not remain on track for very long. And along the way to and through production, it would experience drastic changes in the creative team running it. The Lucasfilm team would face challenges in executing the proper arc for the story and in filming during a global pandemic. And following the footsteps of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that premiered earlier this year, it would take years to fulfill the goal of bringing the Andor series to the small screen. So strap in and prepare for a rocky and wild adventure as we retrace the history of how the Andor series came to life for Lucasfilm and Disney. At the end of November of that year, Disney introduced Stephen Schiff as the showrunner for the yet-untitled Cassie and Andor series for Disney+. Schiff's prior work was for the FX Network's critically acclaimed drama The Americans, and the show earned two Emmy nominations for Best Drama. If the new series was going to be a rousing spy thriller, as the initial press release had claimed, choosing Schiff to oversee the Andor drama seemed to be a logical and smart decision. 
While news around the show was relatively quiet in the early months of 2019, the next big announcement was a welcomed one for fans. Alan Tudyk, who played Cassian's lovable and sharp-witted droid K2SO in Rogue One, playfully highlighted his return for the series. When Disney tweeted that Tudyk would be joining Diego Luna in reprising their roles, Tudyk's response was perfectly in character. He tweeted, well, I'll let K2 tell you what he wrote. Cassian said I had to. Disney also shared the first timetable for the series' release, saying it would go into production that year, with plans to premiere it on Disney Plus two years later in 2021. At the time, Lucasfilm was dealing with the disappointing box office results of the solo standalone film the year before, and was putting the finishing touches on Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, which would be the end of the Skywalker saga. Disney CEO Bob Iger publicly mentioned he was instituting a slowdown of Star Wars theatrical releases after Episode Nine, And with The Mandalorian heading to Disney Plus in 2019 and the company's shifting focus to bulking up its streaming service, 2021 made sense for the premiere of the Cassian Andor series. The first major shift behind the scenes also occurred in early 2019. Without an official announcement, Disney quietly brought in Tony Gilroy to help shape the series. Gilroy was the writer behind thrillers like Michael Clayton and The Bourne Films, and initially brought his mastery of suspenseful storytelling to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. In June of 2016, six months before Rogue One's release, a desperate Disney looked to Gilroy to fix the film's problematic story and ending. Through a series of reshoots and a substantial reworking of the film, Gilroy helped to turn the story into one of the stronger and memorable Star Wars offerings of the Disney era. Gilroy's change to the ending also brought about something audiences had never previously experienced from a Star Wars film— the deaths of all of the main protagonists, including Cassie and Andor. But it was Gilroy's tweaks that gave the film an emotional weight that might have been missing otherwise. Reflecting on his approach to the story, Gilroy said, If you look at Rogue, all the difficulty with Rogue, all the confusion of it, and all the mess, and in the end, when you get in there, it's actually very, very simple to solve. Because you sort of go... This is a movie where, folks, just look, everyone is going to die. So it's a movie about sacrifice. In some ways, Gilroy may have been the perfect person to dissect and re-sculpt Rogue One, simply because Star Wars wasn't precious to him. Approaching the franchise as someone who wasn't a fan, he wasn't burdened by the pressure to make it feel like anything that came before it. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter about his work on the film, he openly admitted, I've never been interested in Star Wars, ever. So I had no reverence for it whatsoever. I was unafraid about that. And the Lucasfilm team was in such a swamp, they were in so much terrible, terrible trouble, that all you could do was improve their position. 
and even with its bloated production budget of more than $200 million after reshoots, Rogue One was another box office success for Disney, earning more than a billion dollars worldwide. Shortly after Rogue One's release, Gilroy recounted a conversation he had with Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy. For Kennedy, the film gave the Lucasfilm team confidence in expanding the world of Star Wars stories beyond those centered around the Jedi, or anyone with the last name Skywalker. The idea of exploring characters outside the spotlight, ones whose lives would be impacted by a galactic battle with the Empire, intrigued Gilroy. During the earliest phase of development in 2018, Kennedy sent the treatment for the proposed Andor series to Gilroy to hear his thoughts about it. Gilroy responded by saying, It's Cassian and K2SO storming the Citadel for 20 episodes. I don't think you can do that. His solution, which he sent to Kennedy in a memo, was immediately rejected. Gilroy's vision for the series was to avoid the trappings of what could amount to a forgettable buddy adventure, and to instead double down on a darker tone that showed the building of a morally complex character who ultimately sacrifices his life to save the galaxy. To Gilroy, the path Cassian takes from a child dropped into a battle, to a young man operating as a mercenary, to a leader eventually stepping into the role of a revolutionary, would have been a story worth telling. By 2019, the Andor creative team, led by showrunner Stephen Schiff, was struggling to break the direction and tone for the story. Searching for the right path, Kennedy revisited Gilroy's memo and reached out to the Rogue One writer. Whether it was the clarity that can come with time or from figuring out what they didn't want in an Andor story, Gilroy's memo all of a sudden seemed to be the direction that made the most sense for the character. Gilroy began working on fleshing out the story from that original memo. Once he had a full arc for the character and the show, he contacted Diego Luna. Luna was being driven through Mexico City at the time and was very careful not to say too much during the conversation with Gilroy, for fear that someone would hear him discussing a secretive Star Wars project. But Luna loved what Gilroy presented to him. In Gilroy's hands, the Andor series would be a refugee story, one to which Luna could relate. He described that feeling of having to move as the Empire continued its sweep over the galaxy as a profound one, and when Gilroy asked him to take the risk with him, to join the rebel force to create this show together, Luna said yes immediately. Gilroy worked on the series privately for a number of months. In October of 2019, Disney announced that Gilroy would be part of the Andor team, working alongside Stephen Schiff. And the release mentioned Gilroy would write the plot and would direct a handful of episodes.
In February of 2020, Diego Luna confirmed that the Cassian Andor series was still on track, and that filming would begin sometime that year, with the intent to release it in 2021. Rumors swirled that Disney had hit a snag with its small screen shows. This was sparked largely by the fact that little, if any, news about the Andor series had surfaced since the Gilroy announcement three months earlier. And adding weight to the rumors was a report by the website Collider that Disney had scrapped the scripts for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and had paused production to retool the story. The Cassian Andor series was scheduled to begin production in June of 2020. But script rewrites caused Disney to remove the start date from the calendar. The Mandalorian was Lucasfilm's first live-action Star Wars success, and likely put pressure on the other series to deliver similar results. Another larger and unforeseen issue hit the project in March. After working on designing the creatures and inhabitants of the Andor series for four weeks, effects artist Neil Scanlon and his team had to abruptly shut down production. A global pandemic swept across the world, halting in-person work on film sets everywhere. During the quarantine, Luna spoke to reporters about his upcoming return as Cassian. He compared the challenge of doing the series with the original challenge of doing Rogue One, which illuminated why a Cassian Andor show could work. He said, What happens when you already know the ending? Then it becomes about the story. Everything is in how you tell the story and how many different layers you can find. This can't be a show now where at the end we surprise you with like, oh no, it wasn't him. We've already seen the ending. If you think about it, Rogue One started with the same task. The last scene of Rogue One is a scene we all know. It makes another part of your brain work as a storyteller. You can't use the same formulas for storytelling you've known all your life with this because it's very different. The big thing is now we start with a character that people already know what he's capable of. April brought another creative shift to the development team. Stephen Schiff stepped down from his role as showrunner for the still-untitled series. Tony Gilroy became the showrunner and intended to direct multiple episodes, which was set to begin production in October. During this time, a number of high-profile actors were announced for the series. Stellan Skarsgård, who had appeared in The Avengers and in the latest Dune film, was set to star alongside Kyle Soler of Poldark fame and double Olivier Award winner Denise Goff. And actress Genevieve O'Reilly would reprise her role as Mon Mothma, one of the earliest leaders of the Rebellion. As film production resumed around the world in September, Disney selected Toby Haynes to direct the series. Haynes was a UK-based television director who had worked on shows like Sherlock and Doctor Who. And while Gilroy had planned to direct the first three episodes himself, he opted to cancel his plans to travel to the UK for filming during the pandemic. The series had its stars. It had its showrunner. It finally had its director and a start date for production. But it was still known only as the untitled Cassian Andor series. And that was about to change. Mm-hmm. 
During December's Investor's Day presentation, Disney revealed the series' official title, Andor. The media company promoted the show with a featurette that offered a peek behind the scenes. As you can see, we're getting ready. We're building stages, we're rehearsing, we're training, we're trying costumes, we're doing everything to make sure we do the best show. I'm really excited having the chance to explore Cassian. It's really fun to go on a set that is emulating something you like so much. The sizzle reel also gave audiences an idea of the scope of the series. Lucasfilm would tell the story of Andor over 12 episodes and would include 200 named cast members in its universe. And filming was slated to end in mid-2021, with an intended release for 2022. The look of Andor was largely different from that of its predecessors. The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and the Obi-Wan Kenobi series were mostly shot in the volume, the California-based soundstage that uses LED screen walls to simulate surroundings. Instead, shooting for Andor would take place at the legendary Pinewood Studios in London, where every Disney Star Wars movie had been filmed along with location shoots around the United Kingdom, where the team could build full towns and sets that the show would explore. Although 2020 was a tumultuous year that affected both production and the world as a whole, it ended on a positive note for the cast and crew of Andor. The series weathered many of the challenges over the months, and now that it was finally in production, it was gaining momentum. The world Cassian Andor inhabited was beginning to come together in a major way. For the Andor series, 2021 started out with two director editions and the unfortunate loss of one cast member. Ben Caron, director of 11 episodes of the Netflix series The Crown, would join Tony Gilroy and the Andor team behind the camera. And Susanna White, whose work included feature films and the Showtime drama Billions, would also direct a few of the Andor episodes as well. One character who would not be fighting alongside Cassian would be his Rogue One sidekick, K2SO. Actor Alan Tudyk, who portrayed K2 in Rogue One and had been officially announced for the series two years earlier, clarified the situation. Although he could not go into detail at the time, he stated he would appear in the show eventually. He explained that the way Tony Gilroy structured Andor, the first season would focus on Cassian's early years. And following that trajectory, the story Gilroy told wouldn't introduce K2 until later. His admittance to not being in the first season, but definitely being a part of the series, was the first time a second season was mentioned publicly. Hearing Tudyk's explanation gave fans an idea of Disney's long-term plan for Andor, and it was good to know the company felt the series was a worthwhile investment. Filming finished in August, after briefly shutting down again during another COVID outbreak. In an interview with the industry site Deadline, Luna said, To be honest, it's been such a blessing to do this job and to do it under these circumstances. I had the chance to work with a team that I couldn't be more proud of and admire more. It's a hardcore moment to be out there shooting, and we were really lucky. We're done with the shooting now and getting it ready for audiences to see it. 
and in less than a year, Andor would finally arrive on Disney+. In May of this year, the Star Wars Celebration event in Anaheim, California kicked off the marketing blitz for the series. During the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase panel, Kathleen Kennedy introduced the Andor segment by bringing out Diego Luna, Tony Gilroy, executive producer Sana Wallenberg, and Genevieve O'Reilly. Gilroy gave Star Wars fans a fuller understanding of the story he planned for Andor. We're going to rewind five years back from Rogue, and we've done 12 episodes. Those 12 episodes that we shot that we'll show this fall are going to take us one year closer. We're going to come back and start shooting in November. We're going to shoot another 12 episodes. And we're going to finish the second half of the story. And the second 12 will take us over the next four years, and the final scene will walk you into Rome. We will get to you And at the end of the segment, Luna and company had one final surprise for the celebration audience. Diego, is there anything else you'd like to share with all these wonderful things? Of course. Of course. You know, I've been, I've been working this for a year and a half, so I don't miss the team, the people, the love from the family of, of Rogue One, but uh, I'm sure you do. So we, we are not here with empty hands. Uh, I don't know if, I know there's more panels. Would you have time to watch a teaser trailer? Okay, so you're gonna see a teaser trailer. There's a lot to come because our show doesn't open tomorrow. Uh, this is a teaser trailer, but for you to feel the mood, get to know some characters, and, uh, and see a little bit of what we're doing. Let's see it. Here it is, The teaser trailer crackled with tension, propelled by ominous drumbeats, as quick flashes of some of the Imperial and Rebel characters flashed across the screen. The end of the trailer showed a grim and determined Cassian and then cut to Fiona Shaw's character, delivering the gut punch of a line. That's what a reckoning sounds like. Shortly after celebration, something shifted in the minds of Star Wars fans. The Kenobi series that Disney hoped would be its next Mandalorian was good, but not great. It lacked tension in parts and momentum in others. It highlighted some of the limits of shooting in the LED soundstage. The characters never fully felt fleshed out. The story plotted along at times, and for many, one viewing was enough. There was a sense of disappointment, as it was one of the most anticipated Star Wars stories of the Disney era. 
but Kenobi was overshadowed by the latest season of Netflix's blockbuster hit Stranger Things, as that show defined the summer of 2022. And the excitement that reached a fever pitch for the Jedi miniseries soon faded. And that's when Andor began to reverberate. Celebration's teaser trailer certainly caught the attention of fans who had possibly overlooked the potential of the series in the past. And after viewing the Kenobi miniseries, there was a general realization that Star Wars was missing a show aimed at adults, or at least a more mature audience. Fans hungered for something similar to Game of Thrones, but in a Lucasfilm-led universe. A textured, dense story with complex characters and even more complex situations, propelled by a driving tension and a plot that made the wait for next week's episode feel like an eternity. And suddenly, Andor became that series for Star Wars. Gilroy wasn't concerned with fan service or fun callbacks. He just wanted to tell a gripping story that Star Wars fans had never seen before, and non-Star Wars fans would enjoy as well. And in his words, his story and character choices were always protein and never icing. Gilroy wanted to take Andor beyond the walled garden of an LED soundstage and back into the tangible and often brutal world of Rogue One. At the beginning of August, Luna promoted the series on Good Morning America, unveiling the official trailer. The trailer, cinematic in its scope, had the muted colors and grittiness of its predecessor, Rogue One, and more closely resembled a film than a streaming series. The actor described the arc of the series as centering around a regular guy who falls into an extraordinary situation as a revolution begins to boil. Luna added, It reminds us what we're capable of, what we're all capable of. Disney also made one last change to the series. Instead of releasing it on August 31st like the company had announced at Celebration, it would push the date back one more time, and with good reason. Delaying Andor meant that Disney could instead focus its energy on promoting the release of a show from its other large blockbuster property, Marvel's She-Hulk. To date, the company has never premiered a Marvel show and a Star Wars show in the same month. And an August 31st date would have placed Andor directly between two of the biggest fantasy releases of the year. Amazon Prime's The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and HBO's Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon. Instead, Andor would make its debut on Disney Plus on Wednesday, September 21st, airing three of the 12 episodes in its first week. For Star Wars fans around the world, Andor carries the anticipation that comes with a new adventure. We are on the cusp of having a new Star Wars show to watch, and a new set of characters and planets to explore. We will also have the opportunity to reconnect with some familiar faces, seeing beloved heroes like Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma return to the Star Wars universe. For this episode, I really wanted to focus more on how the show came to be, 
and how it developed from a concept to a series, rather than delving into the characters or any story points. As a longtime Star Wars fan, I cherish these new releases and the excitement that comes with them. I decided a long time ago to go into each film and series with as little prior knowledge as possible. After gorging myself on set photos and scene leaks for the prequels, I decided I would close myself off to knowing about the Star Wars stories beforehand, and would go into them the same way I did as a child watching the original trilogy for the first time. I avoid spoilers because I want to see a show as the writers and directors and designers intended it. I want to experience it with fresh eyes, and allow myself to fully escape into the world they labored to create and to put on screen. I love the feeling of seeing the Lucasfilm logo materialize before my eyes. And I know I am experiencing something special, for better or for worse, with each new series. It's the one and only chance to see that particular story unfold for the very first time. There's so much more to the history of the Andor series than what I've captured in this episode. And like the creation of every Star Wars film or television show, the journey to producing one can be almost as exciting as the content itself. I don't know if Andor will be good or awful, or worse, merely forgettable and swept away in a sea of streaming releases. And I'm proud to say I know next to nothing about it. The last trailer I watched for it was a sizzle reel from Celebration in May. And since then, I've been happily in the dark, waiting for it to finally appear on the main menu of my Disney Plus account. I hope this episode gave you insight into how the series came to exist, as well as the timeline for its creation and production. Tony Gilroy has proven to be a master at his craft, and I do not doubt that he and the entire team that constructed this Rogue One prequel gave it their all. Andor feels like a different path for Lucasfilm, and hopefully the story the company produced will connect with audiences and will leave them wanting a second season. And with that, it looks like Andor is about to begin, four years after it was first announced by Disney. I hope you enjoy it. See you next time on Star Wars Prototypes and Production.
Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. 